Hello and welcome to Meet Our Makers, an artist interview podcast produced in association with Beats Per Minute. I'm your host, Jeremy J. Fissett. On this episode, we get to meet Mary Lattimore. Mary is best known as a composer and harpist, known for her experimental take on the classical instrument. Using electronics like delays, echo, sampling, Mary really likes to toy with what the harp is capable of. In this talk, Mary and I talk about how she came to the harp, her love of the harp, and why she tries to transcend that classical boundary and do new things with it. We also talk about her hopes for the future of the instrument and how she really wishes more people would start playing it. We also talk about her new album, Silver Ladders, coming out soon on Ghostly, and what it's like to be releasing an album in the midst of a pandemic when you can't even tour it. We also talk a bit about what her life has been like these days and what we're hoping for for the future. It was a great talk, and I really hope you enjoy it. So thank you for listening. This is me meeting Mary Lattimore. Hi, good. How are you? Hi. Hi. It's nice to hear a voice. <laughs> awesome. How have you? Uh, how have you been doing? I've been okay. Um, getting through it, you know, comes in waves. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> uh, highs and lows, but um, right now I'm feeling pretty good. I just got an, a kitten the other day, so she's taking Aww. up a lot of my time and like just being rambunctious and stuff. So <laughs> it's cool to hang out with her. What's her name? Jenny. Oh, that's such a cute cat name. <laughs> yeah, she's really cute. I feel like a lot of people got animals during this time. <laughs> I know. I tried to go to a couple other adoption places and it was awful. Like the city, like the city um, shelter was, they were like, there's wait lists on kittens for like four people, you know, four people oh, wow. list for each one of them. So um, yeah, luckily she just came at the right time and she's very cute. It's a really good distraction. I know. I'm sure. I mean, we have a dog too and it's, uh, we didn't get it. We didn't get her during the pandemic, but I can only imagine not having an animal right now, yeah. you know, it's so nice to have them. <laughs> no, and they have no idea of what's going on. I know. I forget who I was talking to, but uh, for the show, but someone um, once was like, you know, the, the animals are the real like winners right now. <laughs> totally in nature. It's coming back, you know. I know. They're spending so much time with us. <laughs> huh? Yeah, totally. Well, where are you based again? Um, I'm in Connecticut. Oh, cool. Okay. So you're you're in LA now? Yep. Yeah, so opposite side. Yeah. Um but you uh did you am I right that you started sort of coming up in the in the Philly scene? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I lived in Philly for 13 years. Mm. So um that's where I like from starting in 2005. So that's where I first started to play music with other people that wasn't classical music. Oh, right, right. Yeah, so Philly. Yeah. You are, um, obviously you are known, I should say for anyone who doesn't know, you are known as a harpist. Um, you've played with many people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I knew that going into this, but um, just out of curiosity, I looked at your page on Discogs, which has like every feature <laughs> and writing credit or whatever that you've ever had seemingly. Yeah. There's like 60. 
Yeah. There's so <laughs> well, many. I know, I know. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I guess the older you get, the more experiences you have. And <laughs> so <laughs> it was it was kind of like I, I kept having moments where I was like, oh, she's on that and she's on that. Like I remember um when I first was getting into Colin Stetson, who of course is also someone who sort of prioritizes a solo instrument and then like pushing it to certain limits. I, re I read up on him and realized he played on like Tom Waits's Alice and oh. things like that, you know, like things that I would have never known because they predated when he kind of came to prominence. Right. Um, so going through your resume, so to speak, was kind of a similar thing like, oh, she's on that album and that album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, cool to, um, you know, like it's my, it's my passion and my love, but it's also my job. So it's like... I don't know. It's cool yeah. to be able to do it as a job playing session work. Because yeah. I mean, it's pretty rare that people get to really do that. Yeah. You get to be creative and make money from it and, and put something out there into the world. So it's awesome. How did you come to the harp as an instrument? Uh, my mom is a harpist. Hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I just grew up with harps, a harp in the house. And then she had a lot of harpist friends. So, um, it was kind of expected of me to play when I was okay. 11, I started playing and, um, you know, it was kind of a pain at first. I just didn't want to practice and stuff, but <laughs> then I figured out that, that I was okay at it and, um, and it became more fun. Did you get like classical training? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I went to music school and stuff like conservatory <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, it took many, many lessons, practice many, many <laughs> hours. Yeah. Did you have any uh, like harp inspiration growing up? Because it's not an instrument that everyone necessarily knows, like a harpist. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, my mom was a big inspiration. She played she played with the Asheville Symphony in North Carolina um, for for decades. Uh, she was the first the principal harpist in the symphony. So I would go see her play a lot, and just I saw how um, she could make music her career. So that was kind of my inspiration. It was like, well. A lot of people say that, oh, it's impractical to be a musician. <laughs> like maybe you should do that as a side thing when you have your real job. But I saw that my mom was doing it. Um, and sometimes it was hard because sometimes she would have to play people's weddings or like with orchestras all around North Carolina and South Carolina. And um, she would be gone a lot when we were kids. But at the same time, you kind of knew that she was doing her thing. And that was that's a real inspiration when um you see someone like really hustling and and loving what they do so yeah it's good yeah because I can only I mean I can probably only name I'm trying to think now like three heart players besides yourself <laughs> oh yeah I mean yeah I mean like the older one would be like Alice Coltrane mm -hmm. um but then there's uh Zena Parkins yep and then Joanna Newsom of course yeah um so it is just sort of one of those instruments that it is like a unique role. So in a sense, I would think if I was going into it, maybe I'd be a little nervous about finding work in it at, with the harp, but also since it is sort of a, you know, not everyone plays it kind of instrument. I mean, maybe that, do you think that's sort of a benefit? Yeah, I definitely do. Yeah. Um, although I would love it if more people played it, you know, I, mean, I want to definitely spread the, the love of it around. And also like the more, um, the more people play it, then the more, uh you can hear individual voices like i feel like what we need now is like the harp to become 
a little bit more normal where it's like a, a more approachable kind of mm-hmm. um where more people kind of have the urge to uh like put forth their original sound and their original voice and like experiment with it a little bit, you know? So I definitely want to um, encourage anybody that's been curious about it to try to find a way to mess around with it. And um, it's not as hard as maybe it looks, (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, like, I guess you do see a lot of harpists in weddings and events and even, yeah funerals and um like i don't know there's definitely a place for it and um where you can have it as your job you know Mm -hmm. so yeah i've always i've always wanted to have a harp around they're just so expensive (laughs) that's the thing they're so expensive but they are they do have smaller ones that are more like um not just for children, but for beginners, kind of where you can get a feel for the strings without having mm-hmm. to invest in like a giant pedal harp. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like pretty, I don't know. It's a shame that it costs so much um, to even have one to start out on. I know. I remember when I was first getting into Joanna Newsom and I read like about what kind of harp she has. So I looked it up and it's like $20,000. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's stupid. I, but they're so pretty and they're they're pretty even just to look at they're so pretty yeah. as instruments you know i've always and, I, and i've been playing guitar and, and keyboards for a while and i've always wanted a harp but mm-hmm. i don't know i need to i need to find one i can afford someday yeah there are there are like even kits that you can order and put it together like they're harps called harpsicles and they're like little guys that come in different like bright colors hmm. meant to just kind of get people encouraged to start learning them and yeah. they're, they're affordable. So if you look for Harpsicle on the internet, then you can probably find something. <laughs> I may have to. <laughs> or like rent to own programs too. Um, a lot of places have like, a lot of harp stores or um, com- harp companies have rent to own programs where like you're kind of investing in owning it by paying the rent um, yeah. each month. So um, <laughs> yeah, they are like a giant sculpture. They're a really nice shape. Yeah. And I definitely understood the cost more when I went to visit the factory where my harp was made. And I saw that they're like all these old, old men and women who have been building harps for a really long time. Um, <laughs> and they're master craftspeople, you know, it's like a real craftsman style, like factory where um, a person just makes a certain part of the harp for their whole life, you know, like they're <laughs> constructing the column of the harp um, or the sounding board of the harp. And they have gotten like, you know, they're the cra- the master of making that part of the instrument and then they put it all together. But, um, you know, I mean, I guess that's why it's so expensive is because someone has spent their whole life, like learning how to make this specific, unusual part. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely a more complex instrument probably than some people realize. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned a little bit about how you were hoping, you are hoping that as the harp becomes more um, common almost, that you hope people sort of start to innovate with it and kind of lead to their own voices. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do feel like that's something that you have developed over your career because you do have a sort of distinctive 
experimental style with it. Um, it seems like you use a lot of sort of delays and, 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 and electronics with it. Is that how you usually work? Uh-huh. Totally. Yeah. And I want to dig into it more too. I mean, I don't have so many pedals, yeah. but I feel like I've kind of mastered the ones that I do have. And it's been really fun to just hear what the, what the instrument can do through the electronics. When did you start sort of branching away from the classical stuff into the more experimental stuff? Um, when I moved to, I've always like, li- I've always listened to music that wasn't classical music, you know, just like a combo mm-hmm. of different kinds of music. Um, and, but I never like, I guess when I was in conservatory, I was working at radio stations and record stores and stuff, but I never kind of put it together that my harp could make the sounds like, you know, I kind of didn't put it together that I could really experiment with the instrument the way that other people were doing with guitars or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. I think I just was a late bloomer in that aspect. Um, but then when I moved to Philadelphia in 2005, I uh, I had some friends there who were in that band Espers. Yeah, yeah. And they put together, uh, Greg from Espers put together a group of Philly musicians to come up with the alternate score for a Czech New Wave film, uh, Valerie and Her Week of Wonders. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so we came up with an alternate score. Um, and then we we traveled around with the, the print of the film and played it for people. Um, and then we recorded it for Drag City. And then... And, uh, I guess that was the first time that I had written parts for something that, or played something that wasn't already written down um, mm. by someone else. And so that kind of got got me into thinking that maybe I could actually write parts or like write, write melodies on my harp. Um, and so then I started to play with various people in Philly, like writing parts for records, like with Kurt Vile, um, he was one of the first ones. And for Saxa, she's like, uh, she does a lot of droney vocal loops and stuff. Um, yeah. Great. And yeah, just people in the Philly scene started playing. And then I was, um, I, but it was mainly like writing parts, not, not improvising. And so uh, after I, I got to know Thurston Moore and I played on his, one of his records and went on tour mm-hmm. with him. And after that, um, after that tour ended, it was like basically two years touring with him. And then after that was over, I uh, decided to make my first solo record. So just to see what it would be like to really improvise and experiment just just hard. And uh, that's when I made the first one. And is that sort of still how you make your solo stuff based mostly off of improvisation? Yeah, for sure. So, so you're not like someone who sits down and like scores your own work? No, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> it's all improvised. It's all improvised. Like maybe I'll I'll do like one, you know, I'll come up with a melody maybe before I press record, and then I'll loop it and then build off of that. So um, it's usually all based kind of on improvised, just feelings like reacting to to sounds that are um, looped or I don't know. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, do you record, so is it live, your, your records? Um, yeah. Like the, the harp and the pedals and the loops and stuff, it's all done live? A lot of it is, for sure. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll do that, but then I'll overdub, you know, I'll play other instruments and put it on top, so, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, so you mentioned a few of the people that you've worked with. Um, some others include, I have a little list here, um, Jarvis Cocker, Meg Baird, Kurt Vile, you mentioned, Sharon Vennetton, Hopalong, Karen Elson, Marissa Nadler, um, and most recently to me, Juliana Barwick. Mm -hmm. um, how did the Barwick collaboration come about? Did she come to you for her new album? Uh, she is one of my best friends, so okay. I, I hang out with her every day. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So it was like, oh, you want to play my record? Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of assumed, like, I don't, or I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a question. Like, she was like, I have a new song I have, have in mind for you. It was like, of course, yeah, let's do it. She, yeah. I got to know her because I was a fan of her work, and I wrote her an email as a fan. Um, and I was like, I think this was 2013 or something. I was like, you know, if you uh, ever need a harp on any of your projects, let me know because I feel like our sounds would sound good together. And she mm -hmm. wrote me back and she said, oh yeah, I'll let you know, it's nice to meet you. And then, then she came to play in Philly um, and I went to the show and I was like, hey, it's me, I wrote you this email. And then <laughs> we went out for drinks after her show and we got to know each other and we really hit it off. So. We've just been oh, nice. buddies like since then, and we both moved to LA at the same time. Um, and she, you know, we we jam a lot. We we've, we've toured a bunch together and just played like improvised on stage together. And then she did a remix for one of my songs from the last record. Oh, okay. Um, and so I told her that I told all the remixers that I would pay them in session work you know kind of we we decided that we would just like it was a mutual deci decision where we decided that that would be like a good way to do it you know mm. putting on each other's stuff remixing um and so so she was like yeah it's time i have a song that i really want you to play on so that was great it was very natural yeah it sounds it i mean like you said your sounds do sort of complement each other actually to the point where now now that i think about it i'm a little surprised it didn't happen earlier yeah and our personalities are very similar too we we are like sisters so it mm. makes sense that our sounds and our our kind of um like our influences and foundations are kind of the same too so are you also on the new yonsi record that's coming out yeah Oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, we're like a little crew here, like Young yeah. and Alex, his um, his former partner and really mm -hmm. close friend, and Juliana and I. Yeah, it's it does seem like over the, I've noticed over the past few years that Alex and Yonsi and now Juliana have been building this sort of like small little collective almost yeah. of, of, you know, sort of ambient minded musicians. Um, and Alex has been doing a lot of film work, which okay. is really fun. Have you ever done film work? I'm not. I'm not sure if I saw that. I haven't really, but I really want to. Yeah. Um, especially now that I can't tour, I really want to dig into to living here in LA and and kind of what it has to offer as far as film goes. I I made a a couple of little snippets for different things, like um, I made a little melody for the Mr. Rogers documentary. Oh. It was really fun. Won't you be my neighbor? And um, what else? Like I played on scores written by other people, but I've never scored anything. Uh, so. Yeah. I mean, there does seem to sort of be though a sort of filmic quality to your music, especially on your, your solo album. So I think that would work out pretty well. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that that, that is in my future. 
You can probably um, hear this little cat, this little kitten yeah. in the box. She's, she's like in this cardboard box, just freaking out. <laughs> just like a cat. Yeah, so cute. <laughs> um, another collaboration I wanted to 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 bring up at least for a minute um, that I really enjoyed was was the the Meg Baird album you did, um, Ghost Forests. Oh, cool. Um, was she also just, I mean, you mentioned you were kind of involved in Esper. So was that sort of just a natural collaboration as well? Yeah. I mean, she's, um, she and Juliana are my closest friends in the world. Okay. Today. And so Meg, um, you know, she and I lived in Philly forever together and hung really hard there. And I played on a couple of her records and it was only a matter of time before we would make it, make a duo record. And I'm really proud of it. And it was really amazing to work with Meg. Yeah, I feel like she's one of those songwriters that consistently just, I don't know why the, the spotlight doesn't shine more on her because her work is so strong. I would she's say such, she's, she's a such a strong songwriter. Yeah, she's a genius. Her last album was so beautiful. Yeah. Um, I was so happy that Drag City just opened up all the, all the, like they got all their new vinyl in or whatever. I was like, oh, I can mm-hmm. finally own this on vinyl. <laughs> totally, I know, and the art. Um, I, yep. yeah, I love all the, I love all the Espers and Meg records so much, yeah. cherish them so much. Do you have any like dream collaborators that you have yet to work with? I mean, or do you not want to say? <laughs> I'm like, I definitely in my life, I would love to work with, um, Brian Eno, mm. of course, but, uh, I have had the privilege recently of, um, getting to know Harold Budd and mm-hmm. he he's really wonderful and he actually wrote me a piece so I feel like that was definitely one of my life life goals like he's a he's a hero so uh and then I made my my most recent record that's coming out in October with Neil Halstead from Slow Dive and yeah I was gonna ask about that too yeah that was definitely one of my dream collaborations where I just never thought it could possibly happen but then it just came together very organically um so yeah, I mean, I guess I love Robert's, I love The Cure. So working with Robert Smith or with The Cure would be a dream. <laughs> yeah, how did the, how did the Neil um, collaboration come about? Um, I've, I've always been a huge Slow Dive fan and my friend Dana Wax, who has a really beautiful project called Voorhees um, that you should check out. She's mm-hmm. a sound engineer and she, she knew those Slow Dive guys and she was doing sound for Deer Hunter at this um, Pitchfork Midwinter Festival, maybe a, uh, two years ago almost, or a year and a half ago. And I was playing, and Deer Hunter was playing, and Slow Dive was playing. And Dana came over to me, and she's like, Mary, do you want to meet Neil? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so she introduced me to him, and um, we had a nice conversation. We, had, we went out for a beer, and uh, it was great. And then... I knew that it was time for me to start working on my solo record. And I, uh, I definitely have only made, I made my first record with Jeff Ziegler, who's in Philly and he has a great recording studio and we made it together, but it was me like just improvising and jamming and stuff. It wasn't me like coming up with songs really. Mm-hmm. So this is really the first time that I have had a producer and like, we've really like crafted songs. Um, so I knew that I wanted to do something like that with my next record rather than working by myself on GarageBand like I usually do. Yeah. Um, 
So I was like, I want to do something different, but I'm afraid to give up the control a little bit, you know? So mm-hmm. I, I definitely, uh, like to be isolated and just like make my own decisions and stuff. I was like, well, if I'm going to try to grow and to give up a little bit of this control freak Virgo style <laughs> controlling, like <laughs> I want it to be with a producer who I really respect and whose music I really love. Um, and so it's like, I think Neil's Neil fits the bill. And so I sent him a message on Instagram and I was like, um, would you ever want to produce my record? And he said, <laughs> sure mary i don't really produce records but that sounds interesting but i'm about to have a baby um and so i was like okay let me know when the baby gets a little bit old when the baby is born the baby gets a little bit older and you're ready for a visitor in cornwall and um we talked about it and we decided on time and just when in january i flew over there to this little town and Mm. met him and that was like really our first time hanging out and we both laugh about it because you're like, this could have been really bad. Like what if one of us was (laughs) weird or what if one of us was like really demanding or something like that, but our personalities just really clicked and we were both pretty laid back people and just get really into sound and, and melody and stuff. So it was just a great match of personalities and of sounds. And so, um, we're going to keep working together. I feel like we're going to make some, make a lot of cool stuff in the future. Does he play on the new record too? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought I, I think, did I hear him on the, the single you put out? Yeah. And he co-wrote yeah. that song too. Like he, um, he really crafted it and wrote the guitar part. So we wrote it together. Um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I also work with uh, Beats for, Beats Per Minute, and they just gave me a copy of the album oh, cool. three hours ago. Oh, really? <laughs> so I did. I did listen to it once, and so um, I just was like, "Oh, I need to. If I have it, I need to be prepared." Quiz <laughs> <Like>, you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, you know, at moment thirty-five. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah. Um, it does. It does sound, and maybe I'm wrong, but it sounds like this album was more collaborative than Hundreds of Days was. Is that right? Uh, with hundreds of days, I didn't. I just made it by myself. So okay, totally solitary. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So this one was yeah more collaborative. I I had access to all of Neil's synths and stuff. He has a oh, fun. great studio, <laughs> like um little studio in outside of town in an old airfield, and so he's like just use anything you want, you know. So that was really fun to mess around. Yeah. With all that. That's like being in a. That's like a Willy Wonka thing. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, and you mentioned you went there in January. You like just made it. <laughs> no, I know. It's so weird. It's so weird. I know. I hate. I hate this quarantine. I know, and it just keeps going. <laughs> Never ending. I know, and I'm I'm a I'm a teacher too, yeah. and so we are. Um, we were for, t- currently we're going back in like four oh. weeks and I'm just like petrified. Are you scared? Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally scared. I don't know a teacher who isn't scared. Right. My sister and brother-in-law are teachers. And so is my brother and my sister and brother-in-law, they have, um, they, they have three kids and they're all going to three different schools. They're going to five oh different schools, five schools. That's, Oh my God. I know it's crazy. Yeah. Even if you have a smaller school with like four or 500 people, that's still times five. That's yeah. so many people. I know. 
I know. I, I keep wondering why are we why are we pushing it so hard? <laughs> it's to open up the economy so that Trump will be yeah. Or sure, sure, sure. Um, you know, my my estimation is that we will all open optimistically and close a month later. <laughs> I think so too. The way they did with restaurants around here. Yeah, is, yeah. I mean, it's a shame to put all that effort into it and then just close. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what are you going to do? Right. But I hope that they see. You know, I hope that they they see if things aren't working and they they close like swallow yeah i just hope the reaction is 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 swift enough yeah because i i mean i was working last year too and we started you know doing it electronically and i get the argument that obviously kids learn better in person but mm-hmm. it's just i don't know at what cost i'm i'm not sure yeah i know i'm i'm very very worried about being surrounded by you know oh. six groups of kids a day and all my coworkers and yeah are you a high school student or a middle school or elementary yeah i'm in high school yeah okay. yeah <laughs> which i prefer but at the same time they're also high school students are way more likely to just be like yeah i feel okay i know no one in my house is sick don't worry oh uh, i know <laughs> well i, I know now there's masks and Oh, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's still, it's affecting everything. And I'm, I'm so concerned also about the state of music. It's going to change everything. It really will. Um, it's hard. That's part of why I even started this podcast. I was like, you know, I think everyone's kind of home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll start trying to talk to people. Everyone knows how um, to use Zoom by now. Even my Yeah, mom. by now you, you better know how to use Zoom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so thank uh, thank you for talking to me. Um, oh, my pleasure. Thanks for asking. I did I did want to ask before we left. Um, is there any sort of stuff you've been taking refuge in, like uh, music or film or books or anything that you've been engaged with over these past few months? Um, let's see. Yeah, I've been listening to a lot of stuff. I guess just trying to absorb a lot of stuff. But I will say that I um. I've just been on this doom scroll just on the phone and just mm-hmm. the news and stuff. Like I know it's I so hard not to. <laughs> yeah. So it's my concentration has gotten really, really uh, wonky. Like mm-hmm. I can't, I haven't been watching a movie without like looking at my phone and seeing what was up with. Things. I know. So, and every day it's just some other terrible thing. It's really strange, but yeah, I've been, I've been reading some and, watching some movies we my uh my neighbors and I are in quarantine together we share like a duplex um oh, okay. we share a porch so I'm really lucky to have them they're old friends from Philly who moved here oh that's nice um and Paul Paul the uh Paul my neighbor is a guitar player with Angel Olsen so we've oh, been okay. together and you know I'm really lucky to be in quarantine with a great guitar player and <laughs> his wife is really amazing too and so last night we figured out how to put the projector up on the wall of the house. So we had a little outdoor film night where we watched Jaws. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, Sounds lovely. Yeah. It was really fun. (laughs) Terrifying. Like I'm sure the whole neighborhood heard the sound of (laughs) white killing a bunch of people, but it was fun. (laughs) I want to do that more. And like, maybe, maybe neighbors can watch through their, you know, from the, the sidewalk or something i don't know i feel yeah. like it could be like a communal way without getting close to each other at all i know i keep seeing this is like all the drive-thrus are, are coming back yeah i know it's like <laughs> Although i haven't been to one i should probably try to find one yeah i've been to one a couple times and that was really fun 
you know, you have to stay in your car and everything, but it does, people are hungry for connection, I think. And Oh yeah, totally. I think that's why people are so, so many people are so willing to just like jump right back into something when it reopens. Yeah. Like you, I can only, I know I can only fault them so much, but I, I get it, but it's just like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I know. And to become numb to numb to death or like mm-hmm. used to it, fatigued by bad news and just like normalizing death, I guess is really dark. So I really wish yeah. that we still had that same fear. Maybe I know when you, when I hear like the death count every day, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> people a day. Okay. All right. All right. We're at 150,000. Okay. I know. Now it's, it's really, it's really strange. Yeah. I mean, I think hopefully by this time next year, we're basically back to relative normalcy, but yeah, but maybe with a new, um, new administration and like new government and God, I hope so. I definitely feel like, uh, you know, with the black lives matter movement and stuff that has been really exciting and that's brought some hope to the situation. I know. And I think it's sort of benefited from the quarantine because so many people had the time to go out and voice their, you know, opinions and, and have their voices heard. I think so too. And the time to Which is like good. actually assess and have an opinion, you mm-hmm. know, like to not just be absorbed with their normal lives and their themselves to actually like say like, oh, wait, this is really bad, you know, yeah. the, a new perspective kind of. And it's exciting. Like we'll come out of this better, I think, in a way. I think so too. I think it's just sort of a matter of when. Yeah. Because I think if this if this current administration gets renewed or whatever, for no. lack of better words, it's no. <laughs> gonna be longer. <laughs> don't even say it. I know. I'm just. It's hard not to be a pessimist these days. I don't know. I know it's really hard because I mean it's like thing after thing after thing. Like what? I know. What is he talking about? What I know. In the world. I just I just saw a thing this morning. This is so not inconsequential, but I just saw a thing this morning of him not knowing how to pronounce Yosemite. Oh God, no! <laughs> no. He said Yosemite. No, he did not. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> I can email you the video. <laughs> I am so like like I'm like humiliated by that isn't it humili- I know it's so it's so appalling I know again it's an inconsequential thing next to so many other consequential things but it's just like one more you know quiver to have in your right your air, air, one more arrow in your quiver it's just like thing like you said thing after thing after thing and it's so embarrassing to be from here right now I know <laughs> the rest of the world is like what are you doing I know I have a friend who has family in in Ghana and she went to visit. Um, I think it was maybe right before he won, Mm -hmm. but it was obviously like very, a very volatile time. And she was like, I think when I go, I'm going to tell them I'm from Canada (laughs) (laughs) because like, it just helps you out. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I mean, I, I do trust and I hope that many, many people internationally know that we don't all like him and that he Mm -hmm. lost the popular vote and, all these good things, but yeah, it is very strange time to be, to be from here. Right. You know, and if you're retouring right now, I mean, mm-hmm. internationally, it's, it's probably a very strange thing. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I, I guess all venues all over the world are closed down, so there's no touring no. at all for a long, long time, but. Um, I know. I hope some of them hang on. I'm so sad about it. 
I know. It's... We have some really, really good ones. I mean, Connecticut for so long was not any type of music hub. It was really rare that we got anyone great or big to come through. And mm. recently, um, this guy, Mark Nussbaum, who runs this, who runs most of the concert uh, stuff around here, he, he finally got a good venue outside of Yale. Mm. And um, finally, like really good people started coming the past four or five years. And now it's all shut down. And I'm just like really hoping that we hang on. Yeah, I guess there's um uh, something being submitted to Congress about it. Oh yeah, I saw that. Stages, yeah. There's yeah. venues here that I'm worried about too, and I know. I there has to be some kind of government intervention, but at the same time, it's like then you feel guilty. You're like, oh man, <laughs> music and venues and stuff that that doesn't matter as much as some of the other stuff that's going down, you know, essential workers, like this, we're definitely not essential workers as musicians, but, um, yeah, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, it's people's life's work, you know? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, closing a venue has an impact on so many people outside the venue, especially in places not like LA or New York. I mean, there are Mm -hmm. some places where it's the only venue for 50 miles, you know, and it's like, Oh God. Right. Don't want to lose so, it. It's pretty bleak right now, but I'm trying really <laughs> hard to stay a little hopeful. Yeah, I got to find silver lining somewhere. So I know. I don't want to end on a negative note. Right. So hmm. let's uh, let's be hopeful. And, yeah. um, you know, your new album's coming out in like five, what, six weeks, seven weeks? Oh. Early October. Early October. October, it's really, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it's really soon. <laughs> wow. Time is it, is it weird? Is it weird to have an album coming out knowing that you can't tour for it? It's really weird because yeah. I'm a road dog. Like I love to tour and I yeah. uh, definitely my label was like, Do you um what do you think? We sh- I they thought that we should put it out, but I was hesitant. I was like, Well, my own my income comes from touring. And so if yeah. I don't put out the record, then I don't get to go on tour and make money, you know, like you guys yeah. might make your money back from the from record sales or whatever, but the way that I make money is just from touring basically. And so if I can't do that, but then they convinced me and actually it's like the only thing I have to look forward to. And so yeah, right. <laughs> with the record coming out and like with interviews and, and cool things like press stuff around the record, I feel like it's given me a reason to wake up in the morning <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, but sure. I think that that's, and like to feel like myself, like, okay, this is my job this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just on pause right now a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, it's brought, it's brought joy in my life in that way that I wouldn't have had if I would have delayed it. Um, yeah. Also like once, um, once everything opens up again and people go on tour again, I feel like uh, it's, you know, pe- the schedule of release and then tour it's going to be a little messed up anyway. And so like with Juliana and Yonzi and like, they can't tour either. Their records are coming out. Like, yeah, it's going to be different from the usual cycle, but at the same time, people are going to want to hear music and interact and be together in that way. So I don't think it's really going to matter. And um, we'll do it. We'll do it when it's time. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's what's what's you got to do. I mean, like you said, it's something to look forward to, and right. you are a musician, and you have an album, and it's ready. So, mm-hmm. and I also think that people have found a lot of comfort in music, especially in, in instrumental music, and 
maybe mm. harp music too. It's, you know, I think it, it helps people in some way. So maybe, um, maybe it helps people to relax if they're really stressed out or whatever. So I'm glad right. I get to be a part of that too. Yeah, totally. And we should mention your, your label is ghostly, mm-hmm. um, who seem great. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, their Twitter account is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> if you I don't, someone out there doesn't follow them on Twitter, <laughs> you should probably go do that. They have some really ni- nice, uh, nice <laughs> Twitter engagement at night usually. Yeah. I don't know how they, why they do it, but it's really, I'm glad yeah. they do because it's, it's funny. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, they're great. Well, Thank you so much for talking to me, Mary. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Yeah. Um, it's so nice to hear the voice of musicians whose voices we don't usually hear, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's been really nice and really cool to talk to you. Cool. Yeah, you too. Good luck with the school stuff. And um, Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. And uh, yeah, your album's coming out October 2nd. It is called, or October 9th, sorry. Yeah, it is called right? Silver Ladders. Um And uh, it's really good. So I hope everyone listens to it. (laughs) Thanks. Cool. Thanks. Have a good rest of your morning. Yeah, you too. Thanks for calling. Okay, bye. Thanks. Bye.